This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I am your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness, very extensive bio, the man, the myth, the legend, but two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? I've just been trying to get this right. Okay. As far as the introduction All right. and letting people know. You still trying? They can follow me uh-huh. at jamartisby.substack.com. Very so good. I just yes, did it straight. Yes. And that's what he wanted. He's, healing. He's got He's all healing. the flavor He's and healing, I don't have folks. any. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going on, brother? How you doing today? Uh, today I'm sleepy. I stayed up late reading okay. a book, but mm. that was a good thing. It was actually a fiction book, which is not my norm. Okay. But there we've you been go. talking about healing. Rest. Right. So, so recreating and doing things that are fun and that we enjoy. And, you know, when's the last time you stayed up late reading a book? Cause it was just that good. I think that's okay. a good feeling. I like that. I might have to ask you what book that is. Off, <laughs> off, off, off Definitely off camera. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to be like, what book is it? you be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, bruh, we've been doing this podcast for how long? Man, what, like seven years? Eight I years? think it's almost eight years yeah. now that we've been doing this podcast. And I think people know limited portions about us, but they don't always know what goes behind the scenes in a podcast. And that's by nature. We don't want to let you in behind the scenes and see all the stuff that we do. It's boring. It's You just appreciate the finished product, you know? It's a lot of Bo telling us not to breathe. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're working on it. But anyway, I think like one of the things that I realized over the past year is that we've been going through a lot personally. You know, we're doing this series called Heal Black Man, and we talked about just the case for healing. We talked about why it's important for us to rest, and Jamar, you know, schooled me on rest and how important it is. But then I think now I think it's important to really talk about our friendship yeah, and kind of the ups and downs that our right. friendship has had. Now, we've been recording this podcast almost straight through for eight years and done well, thanks to the people who have listened, uh, done well, thanks to the people who have supported us and done well because we have a tremendous team behind us. But last year, we weren't really doing so great. <laughs> last year was rough. Yeah. Last year was difficult. And I think, you know, second year of the pandemic, it was hard on a lot of different levels. And we found our personal friendship, even as colleagues and workers, at a point of strain. It was strain. Yes, definitely. So we were at this point of strain. I don't think it was ever a moment in time where it was volatile. Right. But it was kind of a Cold War situation. Right, right, right. Between, and most people would not know. They would be like, what? Right, yeah. Because, again, we kept doing the podcast and, you know, we would do things to get live chats. You know, you'd see us together. I think we might have done a retreat. 
I, I think so. We might have done a retreat even during that season. We, yeah, we did a podcast retreat. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very tough. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like conflict manifests differently. I mean, I don't think you and I have ever had like some knockdown drag out, no. loud yelling argument or anything like that. It's never that confrontational in that sense, but mm-hmm. it is like you said, a cold war. It's almost worse because there's this like underlying simmering of tension Mm -hmm. mostly around the fact that like we both knew there were some things to talk about and hash out but then it was a combination of i think neither of us wanting to to sort of disrupt the friendship or risk something if it didn't go well but then perhaps even more so just ships passing in the night in terms of time Mm -hmm. and the ability to to actually sit down and have this and then it went on so long that it was like i'm not sure we can handle this on our own like we might need an additional party involved to to help us sort through this just so that neither of us got so so sort of deeply entrenched in our positions that we couldn't move forward together i think it really started in 2020 actually and then pandemic, and we were trying to still do stuff with The Witness. You were writing your book. It was like a lot of different things that were happening all at once. And I remember there was this moment where we kind of both had, I was invested so much in The Witness, church stuff, trying to keep that going. And then you were doing your thing. And then it's like you popped back up for Juneteenth. And then we did some on Juneteenth. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we had done so many episodes prior that right. we didn't even the see each other yeah. until Juneteenth. And then that virtual time when we recorded a couple of episodes, it was like, oh, yeah. And then it was it was kind of like weird because after that, there was like this gap of time and we still recorded stuff, still did stuff. And this is before you transitioned out. And I remember just thinking, yeah, something seems off. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe it. I think a lot of black men, I think sometimes we can innately detect that a relationship has shifted and changed. Or maybe that there's just something that's unaddressed and we don't know how to bring it up. We don't know how to broach that topic. We don't know. We don't know if it's valid or legitimate. And so I feel like probably heading into 2021 when you transitioned out, that's when I think all the stuff kind of rose to the surface. On a lot of different things. And I don't know if it was one point of inflection or it's like, oh, yeah, you did this or you did that. It was more all the stuff that we hadn't come out and said mm-hmm. as friends mm-hmm. and as colleagues. Because this is the weird part. We're friends. We're actually friends. So it's not really, oh, we're just co-hosts. Like, no, we'll tell, it, we'll tell each other stuff that we're navigating. We're co-hosts on a podcast. And then at that point, you were president of The Witness and I'm vice president of The Witness. So it's just three intersections <laughs> yeah. of as relational tension. About as complicated as you want to get. And so I would, you know, want to tell you stuff as a friend and then want to push you to do something in the organization and then trying to get on the same page with the podcast. All these different layers. Yeah, I think um, for for me, it was organizationally. There was a lot of stress and pressure as we added the Witness Foundation. Yeah. And so a lot of my energy had to go into that because it was new, just getting, we had to raise a lot of money. Right. All of that stuff, hiring new people, finding them, all of that. So 
I wasn't as involved on the Black Christian collective side, the BCC side, mm -hmm. which then left you to pick up a lot. But there was no like formal, hey, right. this is going to be the next season for the organization. So it's going to look like this, that and the other for the personnel is just kind of dumped on you. And then I was feeling the stress, strain and pressure of starting something new and wanting it to succeed, mm -hmm. wanting it to go well, feeling like I didn't have all of the support, even just sort of emotionally or relationally that I, I probably didn't know I needed at the time, but, but needed at the time. And that developed some sort of feelings of standoffishness or, or, or what have you on top of the fact that like, I, I still think we are going to take decades to really grapple yeah. with what the pandemic of course. has done to us collectively in terms of trauma, but also individually. So we're all feeling that stress at the same time. And then 2021 was a year of dramatic shifting and transitioning. Mm -hmm. I think for both of us, as, as we yes. look at the, off podcast kind of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a moment. Was there ever a moment for you where you were like, I don't know if Pastor Mike is going to continue? Not until very late. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like the underlying thought or the sort of blinking yellow light in the back of my mind. Um, I thought that maybe other stuff might fall off with the witness. Right. But I thought the podcast would, would be the thing. If anything fell off, it would be the last. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Apparently so. No, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I don't know if I thought if I it was an active thought, like yeah, we're we're not gonna pod anymore. But I considered it. I considered that it would be a possibility. Not that I wanted to, but I just considered it would be a possibility. You know, because I didn't know where we were gonna be after middle of last year. You know, after summer of last year, I didn't know where we were going to be, what was going to happen. And then it wasn't just, oh, we have beef or a cold war. It was more like we, you were so busy. And then <laughs> I was like, you were so busy. <laughs> no, but then you were you were really busy because you had stepped into the yes, new, new role. Was, and I then, was very out of pocket. And then I became busy after I joined with All Nations. And so it was yes. like it was both at the same time. Yeah. And I said, I don't know. And then we had that conversation of, you know, with other people encouraging us, hey, maybe it's time for us to go to therapy. Yeah. Together. That was strange. Well, really, yeah. I mean, what, what happened there? How did we get there? <laughs> well, I mean, to their credit, the, the, the board at The Witness was, even if they didn't know the details of, our friendship or our relationship, they just knew it was a stressful time of transition where you're sort of at a crossroads where things can either keep going and get better or they can start a slow decline. Right. And that really depends on the strength of the relationships within the organization. So to their credit, they were like, you know, we think just given all that's happening with the expansion of the organization, the transition of Jamar out, uh, Tyler being as president adding other people at the foundation side, it would probably be smart for the leaders, name, namely you and I, to get some professional help. And, mm -hmm. and they called it mediation, right. um, which, you know, is a, is a term that imply, implies a conflict between two parties that they want to um, ameliorate and, and um, do so amicably. Yeah. 
So I think for me, that's what started it. And I was like, oh boy, uh, this could was be Was that intense. even like, was, when you heard that, was that like a positive, was there a positive connotation to that? Or were you, you seemed a little bit nervous about that I process. was nervous about that process for a couple of reasons. One, um, it sort of felt foisted on me. Yeah, you know, in the sense it, it of, was though. Like, <laughs> this is what you're gonna do. Yeah, um, it kind of was, but that's I'll take. That's probably that was me. <laughs> like I'd say, yeah, we definitely need to do that. So it was just more like, whoa! Uh, I didn't know the conversation was heading this direction. And then the mm-hmm. the second part of it was, you know, I've been in and out of therapy for years, and we need to talk about it, but. I mean, it's it's like opening a wound. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's basically saying there is an injury, there is a wound, and in order to heal it, we actually have to probe it. And so you you come out of particularly the initial sessions when you're the job is just sort of getting out the gunk and mm-hmm. and unearthing the these feelings. It's I mean, it is intense when you're doing it for me, and then. Um, it is intense afterwards as you're basically convalescing. You know, if you, if we use a medical analogy, right? You, you, you've gone in for surgery. And even once you're out of the operating room, there's still healing to happen and it still hurts. Yeah. And then you may have something, which is what therapy is, where you have to go in and out right. of, of the right. operating room. It's not just one and done. So I was thinking about all of the, process and all of the emotional fatigue involved in just exploring this stuff. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah. So initially there was, it was kind of a group setting and then kind of eventually was just you and I. Yes. And it was a lot. And I think just those sessions and after the first couple, I said, wow, this is a choice, Hmm. you know, and you, you're, you're in it. I think there's like a level of Having been in marriage counseling and things like that, you know, with my wife and I, it was there's like a level of, oh, we have to still do life together, and <laughs> right, live together right. and take care of kids and, you know, plan things together. And and so it's like it's a little bit different because you have to normalize into a rhythm right mm-hmm, after that. Mm-hmm. But with friends, I, I'd never done this before. Mm-hmm. But with friendships, I think. It was very hard for me to see how are we going to get around this? How is this going to actually heal our relationship? Because it's going to unearth all these things. And then after all these things are unearthed, (laughs) then what's going on? You know what I'm saying? And and we might not see, we might not talk each other to the next session or, you know, hopefully we do. Uh, Can we? Is that going to be, are we going to want to? We allowed to. (laughs) It was a lot of things. I don't know if I've even heard of, of a lot of black men going to mediation. Yeah, like for their friendship, for their relationship. I have not heard of it. And if it happens, we tend not to talk publicly about it. Um, well, and it started because of it started because of our professional relationship. Right. Yeah. As colleagues and as co-hosts and then became our friendship. Right. Where, you know, the line is blurry yeah. but for, for us because I think of you first as a friend and Mm -hmm. I sort of almost have to remind myself we're also colleagues. Mm -hmm. And then like you were saying before, 
there was a hierarchy before where I was president, you were vice president till I stepped out of it, which was a whole situation in and of itself, right? Just, just me leaving the witness and then, um, still not having a clean break, right? Like between professional and friendship, because now we're still doing the podcast, but it's more on an equal basis, if not you more spearheading the podcast. So that, complicated like where we talking about our friendship where we're talking about our work relationship yep. what's the line yep. between yep. the two yep. um are, can I, things go well in one area and not be going well in another or are they sort of integrally attached so yeah and i i mean i know we made some references to it in one of our retreats before but we had just started yeah, yeah. we made like a brief passing reference but it was it we had just I and mean, we were talking about can black men be friends and we had just started still raw and that was even weird in and of itself. I think what we're trying to say is if you're going to have substantial friendships and healthy relationships in any context as black men, that it takes work. Yeah. Like you said, it's a, it was a choice. Um, and honestly, had it not been for other people looking in and encouraging me to do so, it's not something I necessarily would have elected to do. Mm. I might have done it, I might have elected to do it because of the podcast, because I know that this content and the, even just the presence of this podcast has been healing for so many people. Right. I still thought and do think it has momentum, it has legs. And so for the sake of keeping this going and having it be a healthy experience, I would have wanted to do that. But it's not something I just, like, I just, like, there are some people who I know who are just like, let's, let's talk this out. Let's figure right. this out. Let's go to there. I'm I, not. And I'm not that person either. <laughs> I'm not really that person. And But here's the thing I think that's interesting is when we got in that space, I think we then wanted to do it for us. And then not for, you know, this, this is that running joke of uh, black men, you know, you start a, or men start a podcast that are going to therapy, you know, <laughs> like that's like that running joke. But I think it wasn't. You're like, okay, well, we want to do therapy because of the podcast. No, I think we wanted to it ended end up where we realized we need to do therapy for us. Yes. And we need to mediate things for us, not for a pod. I mean, I missed my friend. Yeah. Like, we had gone from communicating like almost daily in mm-hmm. some seasons to it could be a couple of weeks. Yeah. If without even a text, right? Right. And we're and and then it was changed because we 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 started batch recording podcasts and so mm-hmm. before we would at least have to touch base weekly to do the podcast as we were doing them in real time and then when we had a bank of yeah. shows <laughs> then we makes our lives to. easier probably our relationships more difficult yes exactly but yeah. so so i was like man i mean there were just like several times a day where i was like i need to talk talk to tyler about this but i'm like ah, it was kind of kind of yeah. weird right now so I was grateful that we were just in contact. And what I was, I mean, for me, when we actually got in it, and so we 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 had a professional therapist, yeah. black woman, yeah. and um, she just sort of, I mean, most of the time she was just asking us questions and, <laughs> and trying to get us to talk. Yeah, um, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I want to. I, I want to talk about that. I know we need to take a break, but um, let's let's come back and talk about our experience and what it did for us, what it produced, and then maybe some ways that black men can heal through those types of adventures. We'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pastor Mike, but let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Pastor Mike. And for just $1 an episode. Just a dollar? Now that's the bare minimum. That's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, you can go 10, higher. 15, that's 20, right. 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening, but you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Grieve, Breathe, Receive, Finding a Faith Strong Enough to Hold Us, written and narrated by Pastor Steve Carter. Grieve, Breathe, Receive. Those three words became a profound mantra for Steve Carter during a season of deep healing the kind that comes after painful trauma. Grieve, Breathe, Receive is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Visit thomasnelson.com audio to learn more. So we've been talking about healing as black men in our friendships and going to the next step, which is getting mediation. And that doesn't necessarily mean for everybody. They have to go to therapy with their friends. Wasn't really how we expected it to happen. But I think having outside forces that speak into a friendship and keep it going and keep it consistent. I didn't know what to expect when I was heading into these sessions. I actually felt like it was going to be something different than what it was. But Mm. it was actually very healing because it was just kind of an open floor to it was very guided but it felt looser than what i expected i expected something like very rigid yeah and it felt more organic and let's see how this works and let's figure this out let's figure that out and then we started opening up and it was like oh this is a lot (laughs) it's a lot more yeah and again before it was it was more than just me and jamar and then eventually it was just me and jamar yeah yeah i I think in general, therapy, the one of the greatest benefits is just the space to say the things that need to be said. Yeah. And for me, that was most of the tension. It's just there were things that I was thinking and feeling that I wanted to express to you that I didn't know how or, or didn't feel comfortable doing. And what therapy did was provide us that space yeah. to yeah. do so. Yeah. And it felt safer because there was a professional there right so um <laughs> i don't know it's like it's like i've never been skydiving but i, I imagine if i did i would want it where the person is strapped to you while you're going because you got somebody who knows what they're doing even as you feel like you're in a free fall um so i think for folks who are out there and maybe have not been to therapy or wondering what it's like, even if it's just one-on-one with you and a counselor, what it does is provide a structured opportunity for you, not just to say the things that need to be said, but but for you to actually realize what needs to be mm-hmm. said. Because it was in the process, and a good therapist, the best therapist asks great questions. Right, right. That's what they do. And so just asking the right question can lead you to different answers yes. and different information that you didn't even know was there or was pertinent. Yeah. And that for me was the the biggest benefit of it. Yeah. 
And I think we're still figuring, like one of the misnomers is like, when you go to therapy and then, oh, but you, you know, you're going to, it's like how, you know, you eat one salad and you're like, I'm so healthy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you drink one bottle of water and you're like, oh my goodness, you know? I'm doing the thing. Like I'm, I'm incredibly I'm, nutritious, yes. you know? <laughs> That's just what you assume. That's kind of how a lot of people take, like therapy is not really like that. If you actually stay consistent with it, it's very difficult mm-hmm. to see results and- I think what I was most surprised by is how how much I didn't know I needed to say and then how much small things could produce very massive changes mm. in my life mm. in the way that I process something or in the way that I think about something. And it was those little paradigm shift moments where something was explained to me or revealed to me. And I said, oh, I didn't even realize right. that was beneath right. the surface right. of all of this. Yes. And then, oh, you're hearing me say the same thing five, six times mm-hmm, in different contexts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it changed our relationship overnight. I don't think it did. I think actually after the first two, it made it worse. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the first couple, I should say, it just made it worse. But I think now it's it's actually really deepened and yeah. strengthened yeah. our relational health. And then also really helped us to see that anything that's worth doing is worth, you know, kind of cultivating and maintaining mm-hmm. and developing and yeah. working at. And so that, I, I don't want people, the reason why we want to talk about this is I definitely don't want people to get into this mindset that, oh, we just show up and we pod and it's, it's easy good, and it's simple. You know, and, yeah. and there's a lot of things, man, there's probably going to be other mediation and therapy we have to go through with others. Sure. You know, and we, we're we talking about this as black men, but black man to black woman, you know, colleagues in a group setting, all kinds of things that we have to still work through. So I don't want to make it seem like it's a magic bullet, but it's been really helpful at saving the health of our relationship yeah. and our friendship yeah. so that we can do this work well and so that we're not sitting in front of a camera or in front of a mic and lying to you about our intention and our commitment, and that's that was actually a really big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Is I feel like if we don't do this, we're lying to people, mm-hmm. and it will start to come out. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, some people are like, oh yeah, I detected it in episode <laughs> four seventy two. You know? uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, you right. never know. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe but it does did. leak out. Like, like, like we we probably all know those friends or those couples were like you know, like it's tense between yeah. them even though they're doing their best not to yeah. show it right and then you can't get on something as intimate in some ways as a podcast and not have that stuff show up mm-hmm. and leak out even unintentionally so it would have shown up and it certainly would have affected the quality of this show and I'm thankful for this show because I think what would have happened if we didn't have this show to connect us we just would have drifted apart Yes, I think so. And I think also it's our, but it is our commitment to growth that made it that because it's weird to say, but we're, I mean, we're professional podcasters, (laughs) you know, we could hide for a while, you know, but now I think also the change and shift in us being in person to record a podcast, which we are right now. So in person to record a podcast, you can't really look at the person and Super record, awkward. you know, be yeah. like, ah, yeah, you know, ah, uh, you know, and then, as soon as, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, and then as soon as the, you know, you cut the, cut the mics off, it's like, well, whatever. Yeah. 
no, all right, I'll be back. I'll be back later. <laughs> like, but no. I think- and I think that's, that's, I didn't want to lie to people. And this has actually been, you know, call it personality or whatever. Is I don't want to lie to y'all and say we're, we care about one another. We're real friends and we're not doing what real friends should do to maintain health. I agree. And I think that's sort of a bigger takeaway for me is I'm, I, I, I don't podcast with a lot of people. Right. And so while this was good for an initial kind of reminder, hey, you need to work on your friendship relationships, right? Mm-hmm. What I hope to carry with me is that even with other friends who I don't have some sort of professional or collegial yes, relationship exactly. with, I'll do the same thing. And and really, the tiniest lesson, which is so important, is just to say the thing. Yeah. Right? Like, not to let it fester, not to – and so it's hard, but in general, the people – who I care enough about to worry about the state of the relationship, they want to make it better too. That's a great, yeah, that's a great point. You know? So there are some people certainly that it's strained, it ain't all good, but it's not like we're tight like that. And I'm like, you know, some, not everybody is for everybody, (laughs) you know, but there are other relationships and I'm talking mainly friendships where, you know, something may have happened or not have happened and it kind of, lingered and it's still an issue but but what we've done together in therapy and mediation has encouraged me to address some of those things more proactively Mm -hmm. and in every case it's been hard but it's been good and i think it's also important for black men to hear that it's worth it for you to fight for friendships with each other because i think this is the hard part is what I saw is my friendships with other people have suffered because I didn't fight for them. Yes. And I get into this mindset where I don't have, I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I call it a cutoff game, but I just, I can quickly get into it's fine. It's whatever. And I can justify that Keep from an unhealed yep. place. Yep. I can just justify that and be like, Okay. You know, we'll keep it moving. It is what it is. Like, we'll keep it moving instead of standing and saying, no, I need to prioritize fighting for this thing. And that's actually, it's interesting that we're doing these things back to back because rest will actually give you the clarity Mm. to be able to know what's worth fighting for. That's right. That's right. And so it's an encouragement to black men to hear, no, it's okay to fight for these relationships. It's okay to pull somebody to the side and everybody's not going to be where you're at, but it's okay to pull somebody to the side and say, Hey man, I just want to make sure we're good. You know? Yes. Cause I feel like there's been a drift. I feel like we haven't communicated. And that seems super weird for us to say, that seems like, well, you know, and even as a pastor it's weird because you, you can, as a pastor, I have some spiritual authority over people mm-hmm. and leadership. And so pulling them, like where, where are my friends that are also, you know, members and partners of the church. Like, you know, it's just, but it's helping me to say things explicitly and openly that I have neglected to do just simply out of probably fear, but then also out of the excuse of there are other more important things. No, actually our relationships with one another as men is massively important. Massive, especially as you get older, man, it's just, so hard 
to make new friends and meet new people as you get older. Many of us have family life, work life, and we're just not in seasons that put us around a lot of new or different people, at least in a context where those could potentially become longer term friendships. So we got to hold on yeah. to the ones that we have. <laughs> that are real. Yeah, yeah that absolutely. are real. Um, yeah. which, which, which is a great point, right? Like this is not a saying go out to every person you've ever had a conflict no. with and try to try to talk about it yeah. because some relationships are it's for a season. season. Yeah, it's a season. You know? Um, but obviously you have a best friend or somebody you're tight with or somebody you want to be tight with. And 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 then I also want to encourage folks that sometimes it just takes a word. Yeah. Like you said, hey, I just want to make sure we're good. Mm-hmm. And that can open up a very fruitful conversation or it can clear the air like, oh, yeah, man, no, my mom was just sick. She's fine now right, and better. Right. But, yeah, I was just kind of out of pocket. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny how how much we go through and we don't tell others. Oh, my gosh. That's it's a whole hilar- episode. It's hilarious. Bro. I was uh, there was this one situation recently where one of my friends, he was he said he was going to do something. He didn't do it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But it was in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I was, is he all right? You know, I just didn't know if it was a thing. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, he knew how important this was. So I was just like, oh, okay. And then he had texted me recently and said, hey, my, you know, my mom had a heart attack and all mm. this. And I'm like, bro, mm. what? I was like, what? Let me know. I can I pray was just with like, you. Wow. Like, wow. You know, but it wasn't, it wasn't that as much as it was. Wow, we're going through so much. Yeah, we are. You know, and don't feel bad about not being able to do so. Just tell me, man, yeah. I can't do it. You know, Air and I think I'm learning. I'm learning, and I've I've still trying to work through this. Hey, bro, I don't think I can do that. Oh man, I'm Look. not capable of doing that. I don't have the capacity to do that. I'm I'm maxed out, and, and even, even that vulnerability is ooh yes. It feels so awkward because you're like, man, that's my friend. I'm going to come through. And it's like, actually, health is saying, no, I don't want you to set up an expectation that I can do something that I cannot deliver. Absolutely. And I've done that a lot in my life. And now I'm learning through this therapy and mediation. We can't do that with each other. Mm. Yeah. That's a good word. So I, I hope black men hear that our relationships and our friendships with other men and friends and and then this extends to our fathers, our siblings you know, the people around us, our brothers, Dude. they're important. Yes. They're important. And there's so much more we could unpack with that. Even the ability to cry in front of one another and weep in front of one another, um, to be vulnerable, to express anger about situations and things. All these things, I just, I don't, you know, I don't think we've thought about them. And right. I, I want black men to hear, oh, it's okay to heal with one another. Yeah. And it's okay to heal in those friendships. And if you have to take money and time and energy in order to do that that's actually worth it it's an investment and it's an investment into your future and your health so heal black men together heal This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast. 
which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.